Welcome to the Progressive Property Podcast. Helping you invest in property for freedom, choice and profit. You'll learn new, innovative and multiple streams of property income. Whether you want to start, scale or systemize. And even if you don't have deposits. Hi, Kevin McDonald here and welcome to the Progressive Property Podcast. So I did a Q&A recently about comments that people have made on the Progressive Property YouTube channel answering those questions. It's gone down really well. Lots of people have said, can you do another one? So what I thought I'd do today is a follow-up with some more questions. So let's go straight into them and see what you think. Bin Arfa has said, in the last eight months, I have been very struggling to buy my fifth property. Just because the stress test and I'm not willing to pay 8 to 9% interest, especially when they know you're going to buy to let. Come on, my friend, you're not everybody millionaire like yourself. Bank these days will struggle to lend you money. You know this for sure. I think this is the worst time to invest your money on the property, and I'm 100% serious with that. Well, Ben, I'm so happy that you're 100% serious. The last time that I checked interest rates, you're not paying 8 to 9%. I've just secured a five-year fixed-rate mortgage a week and a half ago at 5.29%. That is significantly less than 8%. Now, when you talk about stress testing, what Ben means for anybody listening is a, a lender will lend against a property so long as the rental income is 130% more minimum than the mortgage payment. So let's say the mortgage is £100 a month. The rent must be at least £130 a month. So they have a stress test, the lender. The deals we're doing meet the stress test. There's lots of deals out there that meet the stress test. You need to add value and force the value up, as I've already said. Now, also, Ben... You should not be investing your money into property. So you've just said that, um, I think this is the worst time to invest your money into property. Well, number one is you're thinking instead of knowing. You're presuming instead of understanding. And you're missing out on major opportunity. In 2007, in the biggest crash in history... People panicked and said, it's the worst time to invest in property. And by the way, Ben, I was you back then. I was doing property 2004, 5, 6, 7, and I made loads of mistakes. I did all the amateur mistakes. I bought the wrong properties in the wrong areas, and I ended up losing a lot of money. In 2007, I decided, because of media, that it was the worst time ever to buy property. And also because of listening to family and friends and everybody else who had never bought a house. And I decided to do nothing. And then in 2013, I was still in debt. I didn't have any money. I was not a millionaire. I was not even a zero heir. I was a negative heir. I was in negative income. I was in debt. And I went to a property event at Progressive Property. And I heard Rob Moore and Mark Homer, the co-founders of Progressive, talk about how they met in 2006 and started doing property. And by 2013, when I met them, they had over 400 deals done. Same period of time, different choice. Different choice. And I committed in 2013 to get started. Now, why was 2007, 8, 9 such a good opportunity? It's very simple. Because you observe the masses and you do the opposite. If you were willing to buy property in 2019, when everything was booming, then everybody was offered the offer after. Oh. 
If you went to buy property in 2019 when everything was booming, everyone was after the same properties. You're willing to buy them because interest rates are low. Well, interest rates are a bit higher today. There's less buyers. You can buy property cheaper today than you could three years ago. You can buy properties at discounts today. You've got less people looking for them. It's harder to sell them, which means sellers are more open to creative solutions. You don't need money to buy property. You could do lease options. You could use assisted sales, exchange delayed completions. You could get the vendor, the seller of the house, to fund your purchase. When you use creative techniques, you could use rent to rent. You could do rent to buy. But you might not want to buy with a mortgage because you don't have the money. Everyone who ever started, they don't start with money. They either start with no money or other people's money. And if you're only focused on building a property portfolio with your own money, Ben, you'll probably only ever buy one deal and then you'll get stuck. 2.2 million landlords in this country and 2 million of them only own one house because they use their own money. They invested their money into property. Why don't you look for joint venture partners, private investor funders, the people with the money, they're looking to lend their money anyway. The reason they're not lending it to you, Ben, is because they don't know you exist. It's not that they're not looking to lend their money. They just can't find you because you're not looking for them. You've said banks these days will struggle to lend you money. Banks are not struggling to lend money. Banks have never been more wealthy. In 2007, we had a banking crisis. Today, we don't have a banking crisis. The banks are not at risk today. The banks have got plenty of money. The banks are desperate to lend the money. That's why they're fighting over interest rates right now. The base rate, the, the, the lending rate versus the base rate has never been closer. Pre the pandemic, an interest rate would be about 3% higher than the base rate. Today, it's only about 1.5% higher than the base rate. It's less because banks cannot have high interest rates because when they had, nobody was borrowing. So they're actually fighting now to push rates down. They're competing with each other for the lending. Banks only make money by lending. They need to get their money to work. They need to lend the money out. They need us to borrow their money, and there's some phenomenal opportunities out there. And interest rates might be 5.5%. That's not high. If anybody was investing in the 90s, the 2000s, interest rates were always about 5.5%. It's just, and it sounds like you're quite young, Ben. It just sounds like you're under the age of 35. And here's why I say this. Because anybody under the age of 35 was a teenager in 2007, and you've only ever experienced extortionately low interest rates. We're just back to the new reality. P people made money in property when interest rates were 10 plus percent. People will make money in property when they're five and a half, six and a half, seven and a half, and eight and a half percent. The interest rates are relevant. What matters is what you buy the property for and what you do with the property. And in fact, a high interest rate will protect you more than a low interest rate. Because if you buy a property based on the interest rate, you are not a professional property investor. You're not meant to buy a property based on interest rate. You're meant to buy it based on return. You see, rents are going up, house prices are coming down, and interest rates have gone up a bit. The return should be the same. The return should be the same. And if you've got no property right now, then this is a huge opportunity to get started. If there's going to be a property crash, I'm the one that should be worried. I've got over 100 properties. See, my portfolio went up about one and a half million quid in the last couple of years. But I know it's going to go down about one and a half million quid in the next couple of years. It doesn't matter. I'm just going to buy more property for cheaper prices. 
As a property investor, I don't want prices to go up. I want prices to come down. If prices come down, I can get better deals. I'm not focused on the interest rate. I, want, I would love interest rates to go to 6 6.5%, because if they do, more people like Ben will stop buying. There'll be more people not doing deals, which will mean there'll be more opportunities for me to pick up bargains. Observe the masses. Do the opposite. Ben, stop doing what the mass has done. Don't be one of the sheep. Now, let me be very clear on that. For anybody with a portfolio like me, I should actually be worried about interest rates at 7%. But for anybody starting, if you could buy a deal, think about it. If interest rates were 7% and you could get a deal at 7% that made money, imagine what you're going to make over the next 10, 4, 5, 6 decades when interest rates start to go back down again. You make more money. You see, if interest rates are 7%, you're not going to be so stupid to buy a house that loses your money today. You're going to pay less for it to make the numbers work. See, if you were targeting a 3% return on your money and you were looking at 3% return, a profit margin when interest rates are 3%, you'd be able to get doing deals at 6%. But as soon as interest rates go to 6%, you've lost all your money. But if interest rates are 6%, you're looking for a deal that cash flows at 9%. So you reduce your purchase price until you get your 9%. Then you pay 6 to the bank. Now, over time, as interest rates drop down to 3 your profit goes from 3 to 6 but if you bought it with a tighter margin, it wipes out your profit. That's why right now with high interest rates and you put in a lower offer for the property to make your return work. Think about it. If you can get your return with interest rates high, you're going to get a bigger return as the rates drop. Because you're not buying a house for today. You're buying it for life. And I know that I'm beating some of you up on this, but here's the thing, I'm really passionate about this. I'm passionate about property, but I'm also passionate about the fact that I see so many people not understanding the fundamentals. So many people just guessing and presuming and thinking and listening to the media and not actually following true fundamentals of how to make money. It is not the, the cost of the interest rate that matters, guys. It is the profit margin in your deal. It, if you can make a profit, the interest rates are relevant. I mean, think about this. If you could get a 20% return on your property, I bet you'd borrow the money at 15 because you're going to make five. Stop looking at the cost of the money and look at the value of the deal. And by the way, to follow up on that, B-S-L-O-M-O-F, B.S. Lomoff said, bang on, we're buying. So no better time to mention you because it's relevant. Colin Gatherall says, 20k to refurb, question mark, new kitchen, new bathroom, new windows, electric wee wire, move the gas boiler. Good luck with that. You will make on this, that's for sure. I will, um, that's for sure. And yes, because a new kitchen, Colin, you might be thinking is three, four, five grand. But I've got, I'm a member of a discount club where we get, it's called LNPG, the Landlords National Property Group, and we can get Worcester Bosch boilers massively discounted, cheaper than trade. We can get kitchens from Magnet Kitchens for about 1,700 quid. We can get our materials very, very cheap. Also, because we do so many refurbs, we've now took on an in-house refurb team. Now, at the start of my journey, I was higher in trade. Now I've got an internal refurb team that does the refurbs for us in-house. Now, people watching this can go, oh, well, that means I can't do property. No, I had to start off by hiring trades. 
it's sometimes cheaper to hire trades than have them in-house. Because think about it, if you hire trades, you're just using them when you need them. But if you hire them in-house, you got to pay them even if they're not doing any work. Everything is relative. But the key part here is you can get discounted um, kitchens, bathrooms, boilers, radiators, etc. Much, much, much cheaper than what normal people pay for them by being part of discount clubs like LNPG. ExoArt has also said, glad I stayed watching as I'm there with some good logic about lower mortgage with higher interest rates. Thank you, Expo. A good job. We've got some people watching this that actually see the opportunity right now. Robo, or Robo, has said, 72k, lol. What bank is going to buy that crap at 10%? Banks don't buy houses, Robo. People do. I'm not even sure what you mean. L-M-A-O. Laughing my ass off. Robo. Robo, I worry for you. Banks don't buy houses. 72k, lol. What bank is going to buy that crap? Banks lend money. People buy houses. I'm the person that bought it. I bought the crap and I turned it into a beauty. Robert Mitchell has asked the question, Kevin, did you partner also with a developer besides an investor? No, Robert, a partner with an investor funds the deal and then we hire developers to do the development. That's in the larger developments. I have got an in-house refurb team for the smaller stuff, painting, decorating, etc. But if you're talking about the cinema deal, where we're going to be doing 21 apartments, uh, nine off seven offices now. So final plans have actually just gone in yesterday. It's 21 flats, seven offices and a gym, plus a kiosk. And that is going to be out to tender for a, a main developer to develop that project. Carl Ria has asked, why are so many landlords getting out? So, Carl, a lot of landlords are getting out of buy-to-let right now. And there's two reasons. One of them is fair. And the other one I'm going to touch on in a moment. But first of all, the fair one. Most people will go, landlords are getting out. The market's screwed. Let's be fearful. Let's not get in. That's not actually the reason why most landlords are getting out. I do property all day, every day. I'm buy I bought a portfolio of 34 properties last year off some landlords who were getting out. There's loads of deals out there. I meet landlords that are getting out all the time. I did a YouTube video recently where we negotiated the purchase of a property off a landlord, which I'll talk about in a few moments. But before that, the main reason landlords are getting out has got nothing to do with fear. It's got to do with age. Think about this. Buy-to-let started to boom in the UK in the 1990s and early 2000s. Now, that was 20 to 30 years ago. Most people who got into property in the 90s and 2000s got into property in their 40s and 50s. Today, those people are in their 60s, 70s and 80s. The reason they're getting out has got nothing to do with buy-to-let being dead or nothing to do with the fear or the crash or anything else. 95% of the conversations I'm having are with landlords who are getting out because of old age and health issues. There was no landlords getting out of property, or very few in the 90s and early 2000s, because there wasn't as much buy-to-let. Now it's down to the fact that life has caught up with them. It's like anything. When people retire, they give up their businesses. But when people get to the age of retirement, they want to sell up their portfolio and enjoy life. Many of them I speak to, they either don't have children or they bought properties with other people 
and when they go to sell them, one can't buy the other out, so they both agree to sell. Or they have got children, but their children don't have a love for property. They don't want to be involved in property, and they just decide, you know what, I just want to sell it up. My children have gone off, and they're doing their own thing. They're doing other stuff. And even for, my, for myself, I'm in my mid-40s now, and I've got this great plan that my daughter and my son are going to take over my portfolio. But the reality is, they're three and five years old, and in 20 years' time, they might have no interest in property. And I'm not going to be one of those parents that's going to make my kids live my parents' dream, right? I know people whose doctors' kids become doctors, and dentists' kids become dentists, and policemen's kids become policemen, because the parents teach the kids to do what they did. I don't want my kids to do what I do. I don't want them to do what I do unless they want to do what I do. I want my children to live their lives. I want them to do what they want to do. And I'm mentally prepared that I might need to sell everything. Maybe I'll put it all in a trust. Maybe I'll get somebody to look after it for them if they don't want to do it. But I will be planning right now that my children will not be running my portfolio when I hit 65, 70, 75 years old or 80 years old. Hopefully, I'm still running it then. But the reason I'm planning for this now is because pretty much all the conversations I'm having are with people who are saying to me, I thought my kids had wanted it and they don't. That's why most investors are selling up. Most of the people looking to get out are just due to age and health. And that brings massive opportunity for you. So I did a video recently about a undercover negotiation on the purchase of a property and got so much hate. It's phenomenal. Um, and I love it. So Daniel Shields, Daniel, I hope you listen to this. Daniel said, this is genius. So you just tell an elderly person that it's worth a lot less than it is, then you buy it BMV. No, Daniel. The property was not on the market for sale. It was an off-market deal. They were not an elderly person. Do not presume elderly people are not smart, Daniel. They've got a lot more life experience than you. The people I were negotiating the deal with have been in property a lot longer than me. In it for years, the man knows property inside out. Now, if you listen to the video, you could say, oh, I duped him. He told me he could refurbish a whole house for 500 quid. You didn't pick up on that and say, hang on a second, the old experienced guy is trying to rip off the young naive guy. You didn't say that, did you? The old guy is trying to tell the young guy who doesn't know what he's doing that the property will be refurbed for 500 quid. You couldn't even throw paint at the wall for 500 quid. Never mind refurbish a whole house, Daniel. So, no, I was not ripping anybody off. Here is the reality, Daniel. The property was off market. This guy was in his 80s. He has done property for 40, 50 years. He wanted to go and refurbish the house himself, supposedly for 500 quid. I think he was negotiating me. His partner, right, his girlfriend, not married by the way, good man, he was 85 with a girlfriend. His girlfriend, right, she just didn't want him to be up ladders, changing radiators and working at 85 years old. If he had done that refurb, right, maybe it would have affected his health. By the way, Daniel, I, the, the title of the video was Buy Property Below Market Value because I did a response to you and you came back and said, I have no agenda, just stating what you did. The title of the video is Securing a BMV, Below Market Value Property. They didn't have an asking price. You convinced them it was worth 70 based on a done-up value of 85. Right, so Daniel, number one, Below market value does not mean below asking price. 
do not confuse below asking price with below market value. Below market value means, what is the market value if this house is in perfect condition? This property was run down. This property was an E-rated EPC. It needs, and what we're doing to it, is ripping it back to brick. Right? We've got to insulate the inside. We've got to put in new radiators, new kitchen, new bathroom, paint it, decorate it, and make it a C-rated EPC property. This landlord was never going to do that for 500 quid. He was going to just do nothing with it or try to convince me it's only worth 500 quid, but I'm smarter than that. He might go to some naive property investor and try and rip them off for a 500 pound refurb. But with me, he knew he was dealing with a professional. He, by the way, Daniel, was also a professional. I was buying off an investor. I was not doing a video where I had duped some poor old granny out of their home. I was buying a property of a professional property investor who understand the market. The benefits for him was he did not have to do the refurb. I didn't buy a 70 grand house for 70 grand that was suddenly worth 120k. I bought a house for 70k that I could spend 10k plus on a refurb on to make it worth 115 to 120 odd k. I was doing the adding of the value to that property myself, saving him the need to do it, allowing him to move on with his life, not have to worry about tenants. Their main problem, by the way, Daniel, was they want to sell the property to somebody, right? Sell the property to somebody who would allow their tenant to stay. The people I were dealing with were significantly wealthy people. They owned property for years. The houses that they have, they've had them for years. They've had rental income in them for years. They have made three, four hundred quid a month profit for ten plus years on those properties. They have had more than one property. They've had quite a few properties, right? Daniel, this was not somebody with their family home. This was a professional property investor. That's why I shared the video. It was two professionals dealing with each other in a negotiation, and I was sharing how to negotiate. Now, please, Daniel, do not say I ripped somebody off on their property. What I did was I helped them not have to do a refurb. I helped them move on without any hassle so they don't have to affect their health in any way. But the main thing I was helping them with was keeping their tenant happy. They just, they did not not want to sell to some property investor that would kick the tenant out and do nothing. We did a deal where the tenant could stay as long as they needed to stay, and once the tenant moved out, we would then refurbish an empty home. Not kicking the tenant out, not getting rid of a tenant, not losing a tenant their home. We were solving their problem, which was keep that tenant in the property until the tenant chooses to leave. Now, what we could do while the tenant's there is paint it, decorate it, do one room at a time, and refurbish a house while the tenant's in the house. Just like you would refurbish your home while you're living in your home. We could do that as a choice as well, or we could wait till the tenant leaves. We solved a landlady and a landlord's problem. We gave them a very good solution. And by the way, they were not going to say yes unless they were happy with that. They were professionals, Daniel. Daniel, please don't confuse below market value with below asking price. We created a new market value. Let's be clear. Daniel, you also said, pretty sure they wouldn't have taken 70k knowing that it was worth 110 to 100 to 110 done up. Have you asked them? Mark Weatherill as well says, so you lied to them. Nice work, Kevin. Uh, no, I didn't lie to them. I'm not sure how you came to that conclusion. 
I paid the current value. What is a property worth, Mark? It's worth what somebody is willing to pay for it. If they went to an estate agent, by the way, they would have had to pay estate agent's fee of a couple of thousand pounds. They would probably have got the same price, but they would have had to pay agent's fees. They might have had to wait three or four or five months to get their money. It would have took much longer for the house to sell. They might have ended up having to do more repairs on the property because it was a rundown house, by the way. Right? They would have had additional costs if they sold it through an agent, if they could even find a buyer in this market. I paid the current value, Mark. I increased the value through the refurb, right? We did not buy a 110 grand house for 70. The whole point of the video was showing you how to buy property where you can add value. We do refurbs to increase the value. We create the market value, Mark. Don't confuse the two. Oh, I had a, prop, a nightmare tenant who trashed the windows of one of my properties. And James said, so basically there was a fight with the tenant. Um, the tenant and his girlfriend had a fight. The girlfriend left. She came back. I thought she came back with a baseball bat. I found out afterwards it was actually a golf club. And she's, she smashed all the windows of my property. So all the ground floor windows, she smashed them all in. And um, she got arrested for it. And I put it through my insurance. I claimed back on the insurance. And the insurance company will, will get the money back off her. So James says, what an absolute disaster. You can talk it up. I wasn't really talking it up, James. I think I was talking it down. I was trying to show the reality of property investing. But he goes, you can talk it up, but what a mess. It seems to me you are oblivious to tenant neglect. I'd say he should join his girlfriend in prison. Maybe not the same one, naturally. A mugs game, Kevin. There is no way I'd use your model. I cannot stop laughing. Seriously, please, get your act together. Please do it right, unless you get off on absolute mayhem. The tenant is a criminal too. So, here's the thing, James. How many tenants have you got? How many properties do you own? Here's what I'll tell you about tenants, James. Any good tenant can become bad. Any tenant can have a fight. Any tenant could move into a property married and go through a divorce. Any tenant could move into a property single and then get a girlfriend or a boyfriend and get involved with the wrong person and start to end up in a different place. Any tenant can have a mental breakdown. Any tenant can have stress, relationship issues, etc., etc., etc. Any good tenant could turn bad at any time. It is part of the game. I've got over 300 tenants, James. I showed you one video of one bad tenant. That is 0.03% of my tenants. In fact, I've done other videos of bad tenants because I like to share the reality of property investing. And here's why. Because too many people out there are sharing just the positive so people aren't aware of the challenges when they get involved and then they're not mentally prepared. But if I've shared less than 10 bad tenants in total... Now, 10 bad tenants, I've got over 300 at any one time, but I've had over 1,000 tenants in my lifetime as a property investor. That is 0.01% of my tenants, James, right? I am not somebody who doesn't understand property. I appreciate your concern, but it you don't need to worry about me. You don't need to tell me to get my act together. I've got a 12 plus million pound portfolio that cash flows over 25K a month. I have got my act very much together. My question to you, James, is have you got yours together? Because if you're not going to get started in property because you're worried about tenants, you're guaranteed to not make any money.
You can have tenants. You cannot decide if you're going to put in good ones or bad ones. You cannot live with your tenants forever to make sure they don't do any damage. You can have insurance to protect yourself. You can have a repair budget to protect yourself. There will always be repairs in a property business. We will put beside, uh, aside 10% of our income every single month for repairs. If we only spend 4%, then we've made an additional 6 It's called budgeting for repairs. We budget for repairs. We budget for voids. We budget for everything in our property business because it is a business, not a gamble, James. I have my act together. I have the systems, the procedures, the processes. The question is, have you? Because you have said here in your message to me that you are seriously worried about me and I need to get my act together. Please do it right unless you get off on absolute mayhem. James, my my worry for you is, seriously, James, please don't let one bad tenant stop you building a property business. I could decide not to share the reality of property with people, and then you'd get involved, and you'd, as soon as you've got your first problem, then you've, you're going to struggle. Do not wish for no problems. Wish for better solutions. Do not wish and hope that everything goes perfect. That is never the reality. Never the reality. I worked in a corporate job for a company called Langer Work. We made precast concrete. Every single week, somebody would make some precast concrete that was made incorrectly and would have to be scrapped. That, in my new business, is called a bad tenant. That's called damage to a house. It is the same thing. In any business, in Tesco's, there will be food that goes out of date. It is in their budget. They plan for that to go out of date. They drop the price last minute to get somebody to buy it, and then they bin it. In McDonald's, in KFC, they cook food that ends up in the bin. It is business, James. You can either stay in a job or you can plan for business. But don't, do not expect to have no bad tenants and no non-paying tenants. Now, by the way, you could hear from somebody who says, I have a hundred plus tenants and all the rents are paid on the first of the month and all of my bills go out on the second of the month and then I go lie on a beach for the rest of the month living the laptop lifestyle. That is not reality. If you have weekly paid tenants like HMO tenants like mine, you need to collect the rent weekly. If I've got a tenant who pays, who gets paid in their job every Friday and I wait till the first of the month to collect their rent, by the time the first of the month comes round, they'll have drank it, partied it, ate it, put bought new clothes with it, Balenciagas, whatever. The money won't be in their bank account. We collect the rent off the tenants the day the tenants get paid because it's a business. We budget for our repairs, James. Please, please, please do not worry about me. I am going to be perfectly fine. So there's a bunch of questions from people on the Progressive Property YouTube channel from videos I share about my property journey. Various different videos. If you're listening to this, if you want your questions answered, then head over to the Progressive Property YouTube channel, subscribe, watch some of the videos, post your comment below the video, and I will answer your question on an upcoming podcast.
Also, if you're looking to get started in property investing, if you want to do property the right way in 2023, there's a completely free report in the description that you can download now and help you get the knowledge you need to get started in property. There is a great opportunity right now for those that know what they're doing, for those that are properly educated. Don't miss the biggest opportunity in history. More millionaires and more billionaires are created in a crisis than at any other time. While most people are fearful, you've got to be greedy. Go grab those opportunities because here's the thing. They're going to be grabbed by somebody anyway, right? You should be that person. So grab that report, learn about property, and hopefully I'll see you in person very soon. I've been Kevin McDonald. You've been amazing. See you next time. <laughs>